Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for this evening, Lauren. Hi, I'm Lauren uh, G, recovering compulsive overeater and body obsessor. Hi, Thank you so much, Michelle, for asking me to speak. Um, it is because of this day, actually, this meeting, that I've now completed all 12 steps, because I know that's a requirement for this meeting. <laughs> and Michelle had me schedule it, like, months in advance, because I kept sharing in meetings that it was impossible for me to get through the steps. And so Michelle lovingly lit a fire under my behind. Um, and so now here I am, 10 years in a program, having finally completed the 12 steps for the first time. So thank you for that. Um, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, right? I'm a quickly in almost every other way. Here I've been a slowly. Um, so uh, before I start into what it was like and what happened and what it's like now, I'm going to start with a couple of apologies already for what it's like now. Um, I'm going to try real hard to stick to no profane language, but what it's like now is that I'm not good at that. <laughs> and I'm a bit of a mumbler, which I'm also working on, so if you can't understand me, I apologize. I'll try to go slow um, in that, too. So, um, like I said, I've been in program since 2005. Uh, I'm coming up on 10 years in program in August, and God willing, 10 years of abstinence in October, uh, one day at a time. Um, just to give you the stats, my abstinence is um, no recreational sugar, and then I don't eat a host of things that I cannot eat like a lady, um, which looks like peanut butter out of a jar, which looks like nuts out of a bag, which looks like cold cereal, ever. I've never been able to eat cold cereal like a lady. Um, and, uh, and some of that has become flexible, which is a miracle of program. Like, I know that... Uh, in, in other programs, like, you have to put the thing down because you have an allergy of the body. But for me, this program is largely about behavior. And miraculously, um, over the course of my recovery, especially during my pregnancy, like, I was able to – I wasn't allowed to eat nuts at all. And during pregnancy, like, I had to be able to keep food in my, uh, in my purse in case I got low blood sugar. And certain things just were transformed because of the intention, you know. Um, and that's a miracle of program today. So, okay. So what it was like. Um, I – come by this disease very honestly. I come from a family full of addicts, um, none of whom are in recovery, frankly. Uh, both of my parents, not to take their inventories, but probably could stand to be in this program. Um, and, uh, you know, literally you name it, the addiction, like, I, it's in my family. Um, sex addiction, gambling addiction, food addiction, um, alcoholism, but, like, really in a way that nobody ever had talked about. Like, I recently had a conversation with somebody in my family about, I think maybe this person has some alcoholic tendencies, and we've never talked about it. It's somebody to, who I'm very close to. So, so all of that is to say, like, this is where it comes from. Also, I have a mother who um, is wonderful and has a huge personality and um, is brilliant and beautiful and was brought up thinking that she was the smart one and her sister was the pretty one because she was thinner. And so I grew up with all the messaging of, like, you can either be one or the other. Now, if you look at pictures of my mother growing up, stunning, Mary Tyler Moore look-alike, like, amazingly beautiful woman. And her sister also, by the way. But um, the standard for beauty in my family was, like, this idealized, skinny, sexy, um, 
desire, like, it was all based in desire, honestly, like, how desirable you were, and um, I was not taught a whole lot about how to be powerful and feminine, and to own, like, my femininity in a way that wasn't girly, so I was never a small person, I have, I, I got Jewish genes, like, I got thighs and a tush and, like, curves, and um, I was always in the 90th percentile for weight, even though I wasn't a fat kid. Something about me was heavy, like literally heavier, even though you look at pictures of me and I look normal. Um, and so I kind of couldn't associate, I had like a real divide between feeling actually feminine and being in the body I was in, which kind of translated into a lot of body obsession and dysmorphia and, and self-hatred. Um, and so... Uh, so I, I, I am in another program um, around, like, my relationship to love and sex, um, but, but that, like, and that's the root of this disease for me, actually, because I kind of, over eight, seven years into this program, realized the reason I wanted to be thin was because I wanted to be desirable to everybody, you know, um, and that led me here. So that's why it's relevant in terms of, like, talking about it. So, um, my mom was my binge buddy, you know, we would go to the grocery store together and come home and, like, literally sample everything when we got home, um, and also, she was really careful to be really loving and never comment on my body, and also constantly commented on her own, which sent me a message that that was actually really important. Um, so, fast, fast forward to, like, high school, you know, like, I had a boyfriend, but, like, I wasn't popular, and in college, like, I was in a sorority, but, like, not a cool one, and so I never really felt, that's true, I never really felt all that comfortable or good in my body, I never really understood that, ex- like, I had this constant fantasy around, like, what my life would look like if I were, like, if I looked like the girls on TV and in magazines, and I grew up in Chicago, so I grew up hearing, like, nobody looks like those girls, like, that's not real, um, but then I moved here, and it was like all of the people on the television or in the magazines are literally walking around, and it really messed me up. Um, so I moved here to do a particular thing, creatively. Um, that's why a lot of people moved to Los Angeles. And uh, I quickly forgot why I moved here and decided that I moved here to be skinny. And so... Um, I was very lucky. I got a position in my, at least the business of choice, if not the position of choice, um, to learn what I wanted to do. And I had a lot of free time, which could have been really well used um, in practicing the thing that I wanted to do, which was write. And instead of writing all day long, I was looking up diets. I was uh, tallying um, numbers a lot because I I got into a commercial weight loss program that required some tallying. I'll speak about that in a general way. And because I'm on the spectrum for OCD, I not only would count what I was eating, but I would count what you were eating. I would count all of it. And, like, repeatedly. Like, one time wasn't enough. So, like, something about the numbers game for me, like, I will go over it in my head over and over and over again. Um, And then I found out about cleansing, which nobody in Chicago ever did at that time. (laughs) And I tried one. And, and by the way, this is all at work. You know, I kept getting jobs, like, that were getting closer and closer to what I wanted to do. And um, instead of focusing on getting that done, it moved beyond looking at diets online and counting incessantly and into, and, and, um, into like, being really anxious and insecure around people so that I would, like, have my hand in the community peanut butter and the community box of cereal, which is, like, really gross, and I'm going to, now it's on the Internet that I did that. Um, and, uh but also, like, I lost a lot of weight eating compulsively, counting the things that didn't, like, the zero 
point things that I wasn't supposed to be, that I could have eaten as much as I wanted of, but it was still compulsive, like eating, eating constantly, and eating things that, like, did terrible things to my stomach, because, like, I was, I literally could, there's a frozen yogurt vortex in West L.A. that I literally couldn't drive by without stopping at, um, even though it upset my stomach terribly and made it, shall we say, really unpleasant to be in a room with me. Um, and I got really skinny and decided that I wanted to, like, take out this body and see what it could do and started behaving really inappropriately with people. Um, uh, not all of them being uh, available, shall we say. Um, and then I tried to cleanse and worked out during said cleanse and pulled my sciatica and somebody told me I had a problem. Uh, and the person who told me I had a problem was somebody I worked with who had a roommate who was in OA, um, and it really worked for her. Uh, I'd met the roommate two times. I've never seen the roommate at a meeting. The roommate doesn't know she's my Eskimo. I started coming to program. That's what happened. My first meeting was a meditation meeting. Um, for some people, that would have been a nightmare, and for me, it was exactly right, because I'd always considered myself to be, like, a spiritual seeker, um, and I had been already looking for that thing, and so, thank God, my higher power led me to a place where I was like, well, I, d- I don't really know about the God thing, but spirituality and meditation works for me, so I was able to sit still for 10 minutes and feel like a part of something, which I never really had. I'm an only child. Um, I've always kind of felt other for a million different reasons, which I might go into depending on what comes out of my mouth or might not. Um, but uh, to be in a meditation meeting felt really good and at home for me. Um, but it took a really long time for me to actually feel even remotely part of the fellowship. Like, I, I, I have social anxiety in a really weird way. Like, once I have an introduction, I'm not anxious at all. But leading up to the introduction, like, I don't think you want to talk to me. Like, I'm pretty sure nobody wants to talk to me ever. Um, so somebody chased me down in a meeting. Um, and was like, hey, my sponsor told me to find the one other person who tries to leave as soon as the meeting is over. And, like, yeah. uh, and she's like, you know, she introduced herself, and now she's one of my best friends, you know, for 10 years. Um, and there was another meeting that I went to where I felt like there was this um, clique of girls. I mean, it literally felt like 13-year-old girls to me, even though I was a grown woman at that time, and so were all of they. And I was very intimidated by that. And I will say that over the course of 10 years, those girls that I felt excluded from, those girls that I felt not cool enough to be a part of, like, I have been able to get over all that. Like, those are my best friends now. So that's a miracle, because that's the reason why I ate, you guys. Like, it's, you know, the food stuff, it's not that, it's not food stuff aside, it's just what has been resolved for me in a way more than the food stuff is the reason why I ate. You know, I was like, I became able to show up authentically as myself and to learn who that was by sharing in shares and with other people, to be vulnerable, to call people. And I'm like, hey, um, I'm dating this new guy who later became my husband. It's his 40th birthday party. I feel like a fat pig and I don't know what to wear. And like, that was my first outreach call in a way. And that, that person was like, hey, just pick something. You'll be fine. It's not about you. You know, and thank God, because I could have ruined my future husband's 40th birthday party by making it about me. And instead, I put on an outfit that still, there's a picture of me and him that day on our mantle, and it's fine. Like, who cares? It's out of style now anyway. Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, all of that is to say, uh, I got a sponsor. I've been through, like, three sponsors in this program. It took me a really long time to work the steps. Um, I'm a writer by trade, so writing for my step work has been really difficult for me. Um, because I just don't want to do it anymore. You know, it's hard enough to do it for my job. But I will say, you know, I wrote an inventory that was like 200 pages, like this thick, 
it was, I had like, um, I think I had 203 resentments against my mother, something crazy like that. Uh, and it took me forever to read it to my sponsor. And after I turned over my fifth step, I lost 20 pounds. I haven't weighed myself since I've been in program. I went through pregnancy not weighing myself, which is a miracle. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't know what the weight was because they messed that one up a whole bunch of times. Um, but, like, uh, my, my actually my gynecologist even said to me, you know, well, you're some, in terms of how much weight you're going to gain, you don't really need to worry about it because you're already somebody who was weighed more than you probably should have when you got pregnant anyway. And I'm like, dude, I'm a size, whatever size. I, I don't even want to say sizes because it's triggering to me when people share it. But, like, I'm a reasonable size. I fit into reasonable clothes now. Um, and I was at that point. And I just, like, I didn't use it as an excuse to change my food or to be like, F it, I'm pregnant. I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream every night. I didn't eat sugar the entire time I was pregnant. That is a miracle, you guys. Like, that, that's the time to, like, be like, F, your, F the abstinence, whatever it is that changes. Like, my food plan changed dramatically when I got pregnant. And I kind of haven't really had the same food plan since I got pregnant. And my son is over there. He's two years old. That's three years ago. Like, I have no excuse anymore, and I'm just going to be honest about it. But, um... I have lost all of the baby weight. I had no crazy behavior around food other than, like, the times when I thought if I didn't have an orange juice, I was going to lose my mind. But that's your that was, like, hormonal. Like none of it was from the disease, you know? And I, I had so many fears around my body in my pregnancy, and, like, I loved it. I loved being able to have a belly and have nobody be able to comment about it and feel like it was a bad thing. Like, it was my favorite thing. I never felt better in my body. And that's one of the things I've learned here is that I don't ever know anything about anything. I was terrified the entire nine months I was pregnant that, like, I'm a career-driven woman. Like, what if this is going to be the thing that ruins my life, honestly? And I was, you're right there. You didn't ruin my life. You're my favorite person, you know? Um, and, and, by the way, I was really careful to make sure that I spoke out loud to, to my son because I didn't want to do any damage like was done to me, that none of this was about him. I just kept saying, Mommy's having feelings. We're going to get through it. This isn't about you. But Mommy's having a lot of feelings. They're not yours. Because I take on other people's feelings, you know. I'm the daughter of somebody who made all of my feelings about her. I never wanted to do that to anybody, you know. But I will say that uh, I had a kid, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So whenever I have to wonder about, like, what, what do I know what's best for me? I don't, I don't know what's best for me, you know. I, I don't know... I can't say the slogan that my best friend in program says because it's a curse word, but um, I don't know anything about anything. Let's just say it that way, right? Um, my higher power knows. My higher power always knows what's best for me. Um, a story that I like to tell uh, very early on in program, actually, I was praying to not go to the frozen yogurt vortex, right? Like, I just, I was sitting in my house, I was trying to write, and all I could think about was frozen yogurt. And I was like, okay, what can I do to not do that today? Like, how willing am I? What am I willing to do? And so I went to yoga class, and I spent the entire yoga class thinking about frozen yogurt. <laughs> and it was the first time I prayed to a higher power. I don't know what step I was in, but it was the first time I really was. I felt like, I felt like God had twisted my arm behind my back, and I was saying, uncle, you know? And I was like, okay, God, uh, whatever, like, I will do whatever you want. Just please remove the obsession from, for frozen yogurt for me. Please do that. And let me tell you, it did not go away. But then literally the next day I got my first job in my, in my career of choice. Like it's the first writing job that I got was the very next day because that is what I needed to take my mind off the food. Like I didn't have time anymore to worry about the food. I, like the stakes were too high, you know. Um, so for me, my higher power shows up and gives me what I need, not what I want. Um, same thing, you know, I, uh, I met my husband two weeks into my abstinence. 
you know. And I, dating somebody that early on, it is not a high recommend, you know. And we have been through this together. I was in program for four years before he came in, too. And now he's in, and it's beautiful. It's like a beautiful thing to have a spouse who is in program. Um, but it was hard in the beginning. But I will say, like, God had it, you know. And, and that's the other thing that I've learned here is, like, this program is different than some other 12-step programs. That Everybody does it differently. You know, there's not one way to do it. And in my 12-step, um, in the workbook, the question is, what footsteps do you feel like you're creating for others to follow in? And I feel like my footsteps are footsteps that say it's okay to make your own footsteps. You know? Like, I don't really think that anybody needs to follow in my footsteps. I feel like I'm on my own path. God has my path laid out for me. It's my job to show up bravely and follow that path. But I don't expect my path to look, anybody else's path to look like my path. Because otherwise, there would be two of me. You know, we're all beautiful children of God. And we're, we're all one among, among many, but we're all uniquely different also. And, like, for me, this is just my opinion, it's a celebration of our differences to help us come together. You know, because the world wouldn't be exactly the same without any one of us in it, right? So um, that's been really important for me because I was somebody that grew up really wanting to feel the same as everybody else. You know, like, that was the, like, I wanted my life to look like 90210. You know, and it didn't. I never quite felt like I belonged. And as it turns out, what I've learned in this program is that's what makes me me today, and that what that's what makes me be able to celebrate me today. Because if I if I stop trying to be different than I am and I get into acceptance, then I I don't have to eat about it anymore, right? Um, so what is it like today? Um, I finally finished all 12 steps, you guys, which is like a miracle. It's so much relief. Not that I'm going to not have to do them again. But, like, you know, I, I went to three meetings a week for 10 years. Like, I have sponsees. I, I have a ton of fellows who are my closest friends, and I just couldn't get, I just couldn't get it done. Um, and it does feel different. It feels like the thing that has come up for me now at this point in my program is integrity um, and sticking to my word. And... Completing those 12 steps have, have actually given me so much esteem around committing to something and following through, even though it took forever. And, and in terms of the one day at a time of it, I can judge myself that it took me 10 years, but today they're done. Today I did it. So it actually doesn't matter. You know, in terms of I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how long it took for me to get back into my, the, je- the white jeans that I wanted to wear for summer after I got pregnant. Like, now I fit into them. You know, and I will also tell you guys that this is my own personal experience the less I think about the food, the less, this is my experience, okay? So I, I apologize in advance if this is contrary, but it's, it's what's happened for me. The less I worry about the food, the more God takes care of it. Like, that's it. The things that I don't eat, I have given up because they directly affect my health. I don't eat sugar because it turns me into a vampire. Clearly, literally, it's not, I never gave up sugar to be skinny. I gave up sugar because... Um, if you and I are in a room and there's a pecan pie and I have a bite of that pecan pie, I'm now in a relationship with the pecan pie. Like, I, you're not there. I don't care. Um, because I have literally had the experience of walking into a cupcake store and, like, bringing cupcakes for a friend, and the smell of the cupcakes makes me want to not eat all the cupcakes, but, like, rub them all over my body. Like, that is not a normal reaction. I don't eat sugar because of that. That is crazy. Okay? So I choose to not be a crazy, insane vampire. And also, I don't eat wheat anymore, not flour, but wheat, because I have an allergy to it. And I discovered this very late in program, and I played with it a lot to see, like, how much of it I could get away with, and over time, it just became clear that wheat and I are not friends. It actually gives me asthma. And 
Um, to me, my breath is the thing that links me to God. And so it's very clear to me that when I eat wheat, it gets in between me and God. Also, I break out into a rash, and that's uncomfortable. But, like, the breath thing is the most important. The rash actually is an addict I would deal with. But the breath thing, it's not okay. Um, and so now I don't eat sugar and wheat. And if you would have told me when I came in here that that was going to be the case, and mostly I don't eat dairy also because it hurt my son when I was, nur- when I was nursing him. Like, I was being of service by not eating cheese for him. He's not nursing anymore. Um, I tried to take dairy back, and, like, my clothes started fitting differently, and I took that as a message from God that probably that's not the greatest choice for me. Not to get skinny, but to honor the choice that I made, to honor that God put me on a path for a reason, and and that I was able to let it go for for noble spiritual purposes as opposed to, like, I'm going to fit into my skinny pants, you know? And so I was able to, like, get back on that path because God gave me that guidance. Um... So to get current, in terms of my belief that God is everything or God is nothing, I actually, in the car ride over here, got some uh, really disappointing career news. And my ego is bruised, but the miracle is, like, I really had the reaction of, okay, God, like, I didn't rage about it, which historically is what happened. I wasn't like, F those people. It was like... And also, I'm confused by God. Like, I tried to say no to this thing so many times, and it kept coming back to me. And so I was like, okay, God, this is something you want me to work on. And I kept showing up and doing it. And I kind of dumbly thought, oh, now I understand God's plan, right? Like, God kept bringing this thing to me. This thing is going to be a success. This thing is going to move forward. Um, I kind of assumed that. And, listen, I don't know. I still have, like, one more thing that's out there that it might turn out okay. Okay. It might turn out in the ego direction that I want, right? Like, I might get the cash and prizes around it. Or I won't. But um, 75% says no. And, okay, God, like, if there are infinite possibilities, I don't need to be in some kind of binary world where news is either good or bad. Um, Maybe there was part of this journey that led me here for a much greater purpose. Not maybe, definitely, right? The process of going through this creative thing already has brought me gifts, you know? Um, and even on a bigger level, about a year ago, I had a huge disappointment disappointment in my career, right? I'm making air quotes for those of you who can't see me. Um, a huge disappointment, like something that everybody was sure was going to be a success. People told me they were sure, and I was the one who was holding space for it not to be, not because I didn't want to be, because I was like, God, it's, it's up to God. Like, I don't care how powerful this person I'm partnered with is. I don't know. I don't care that nobody has ever said no to him ever. God is my employer. So they might say no, and that's got to be okay. And they did say no. And... Um, the level of devastation that I would have had had I not been able to hold space, had I, like, bought into the BS of the business that I'm in, it would have been so much worse. And almost immediately I was able to see the gift in them saying no because I was working with somebody that actually um, took the thing that came from my heart and made it really gross, and it would have been painful every day to work on that thing, even though on the outside it would have looked amazing. Like, on the outside it would have looked like, my show on the side of a bus. It would have looked like interviews. It would have looked like publicity. But on the inside, it would have killed me. And um, it would have probably made me kind of an a-hole, honestly, because I would have been so angry. Um, So that was removed from me. Um, And I was able to show up and do something that uh, allows me to be more of service in my family. You know, um, the next job that I took, I had some decisions to make about uh, what was important to me. And so I went to the ocean, which is where I hear God, and I prayed 
for God to show me where my priorities are. And uh, what became very clear was that my priorities are my, are my son and my family, which is, by the way, miraculous. As I told you, I thought I was a career woman, and uh, I am. My career is as important to me as my son, but also being able to integrate both parts of myself have to be there for me. I'm not somebody that can compartmentalize. I have to be fully me everywhere all the time. That's part of my recovery. And so uh, that was important to me. And so I pretty much realized I needed to be in a work situation right now when my son is this young um, where I would have time to be near the water because that's what makes me spiritually sound and to spend time with my toddler. And I actually sent up a prayer. And, and because like that, it was so clear to me that that wasn't what I wanted. It was like what God was calling for me to do. You know, despite my big egotistical aspirations for myself. And so I sent up a prayer, God, if that is what you want for me, please let me make the most amount of money for the least amount of work. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you that that happened for me, you guys. Like, I I, I received the greatest gift of a job, not in the way that I um, lazily show up for work, but in a way that it gives me space to work very hard and specifically and to still spend time with my son in a way that is to- my hours are totally in my control as long as I'm responsible, accountable, and show up. And, like, I'm not a person who knows how to schedule my own time, but I really, like, I just get quiet. I say yes when things come my way. I do the work, and I turn it over to God. And I'm working on, like, six projects at the same time right now, and I still don't manage to work five hours a day. It's insane. I don't know how it's happening other than the fact that it's clearly God. Um, And to go from somebody who came out here to do a specific thing and the disease took that away from me to somebody who has completely let go of all that BS and got a career beyond my wildest dreams because of it, like, that's a miracle. It's a total miracle. And I don't think that, like, my weight has anything to do with what I'm doing in my career. Zero. Like, it just doesn't matter. And, um... I I have been fortunate enough to see other women in my position get caught up in that stuff. You know, I can't tell you how many rooms I've been in where people are talking about, like, this diet or this size or this thing that they're getting ready for this awards show. And, look, I'm not perfect. I fall prey sometimes to, like, my arms have to be buffed by August for this thing, right? But at the end of the day, it's not about me. And even the times that it has been about me, it's not about this. It's not about my body. It's about my work. It's about my heart. It's about my spirit. It's about the gift that God gave me that I'm obligated to put out into the world. Because if I didn't, then I'd be forsaking God. That's about me getting out of the way. That's not about my ego. You know, my job is to get out of the way. So if I'm getting in the way, if my food is getting in the way between me and God, that's when we have a problem. You know? Um... I think I got told that I can stop at 6.10 to take questions, so that feels like a good time to stop, I think. Um, right? Ten minutes? Awesome. Yay. <laughs>